frankly, you know, the, the you know, capitalist ideology has, has won out in a lot of different ways. But our point of view is that capitalism isn't working nearly as well as it could uh, because the level of uh, data-driven investment decisions have been held back. And so we're more proactively and more strategically building technology. So more and more people who have a responsibility to make uh, investment decisions, especially for large uh, investment portfolios, they can do so uh, in a more confident, more data-driven way. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. One of the hardest things in serving the ultra high net worth community is providing them with the type of analytics we've become accustomed to in other parts of financial services and investing. It's been a challenge to provide investors and their investment advisors with pricing and performance information on assets that sit across multiple institutions, many of which don't price regularly. This is the audience Adapar serves, but when you listen to CEO Eric Poyer, it's clear that his mission and his company's mission is much broader in scope. On today's show, we discuss why it was important to build an ecosystem around the ultra high net worth community and what it takes to do this successfully. Eric shares the challenges in serving this community and how Adapar has worked to overcome them. Lastly, we discuss the future of wealth management and how Eric aspires to continue to serve the underserved. Eric Poirier is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we continue with our program, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MX, for supporting Tearsheet's work. MX is the leading data platform for banks, credit unions, and fintechs, enabling its clients and partners to easily collect, enhance, analyze, present, and act on financial data. My name is Eric Poirier, and I'm Adapar CEO. And how did you get to be Adapar CEO, Eric? Yeah, you know, so I've spent uh, my career building, uh, you know, software, uh, mainly in financial services, starting, you know, basically when I was in high school. Uh, but, you know, I'd spent 2003 to 2006 at Lehman in fixed income analytics, and uh, 2006 through the end of 2012 at Palantir. Um, you know, bootstrapping and building out the finance platform and then the business side around that. And so, you know, I made my way to Adapar beginning in 2013 uh, with a recognition that the company's vision and mission were massively well aligned with, with my own, um, you know, priorities. And also with a lot of experience just in building out world-class technology teams and solving big, really important client uh, problems for, uh, for clients and financial services. And what is that vision and mission? Yeah, so... You know, just broadly, like Adapar is bringing people, data, and technology together to help investors make better and more informed investment decisions. And so the, you know, the wealth management platform that we built to date, really what it specializes in is data aggregation, analytics, and portfolio reporting. Um, they cover even the most complex investment portfolios. But um, the, the, that's, a, that's a means to an end. And frankly, you know, the, the you know, capitalist ideology has, has won out a lot of different ways. But our point of view is that capitalism isn't working nearly as well as it could uh, because the level of uh, data-driven investment decisions have been held back. And so we're more proactively and more strategically building technology. So more and more people who have a responsibility to make uh, investment decisions, especially for large uh, investment portfolios, they can do so uh, in a more confident, more data-driven way. Um, ultimately, we, we believe that you know, at scale, given the importance of financial markets, and given the pervasiveness of markets um, that stretch, uh, of course, globally, um, we have the opportunity to really advance prosperity for everyone. So, so what are some of those explicitly? What are some of those um, problems that investors have um, that that they, that they would turn to Adapar for? Yeah. So if you if you study the uh, you know the financial crisis of two thousand seven two thousand eight pretty closely, um, one of the somewhat counterintuitive things you see is that 
um, you know, whether it be endowments or foundations or, or family offices, uh, when, when, you know, market conditions started deteriorating, uh, they were tracking, you know, of course they wanted to be able to track everything in their portfolio um, as real time as they could so they could make, you know, thoughtful decisions on, you know, which assets they should sell, um, how they should free up capital. Um, but what happened is that, you know, for the 40-ish percent of their portfolio that, that was allocated to uh, more illiquid investments, alternative investments, et cetera, um, they didn't have nearly the view into those assets. Um, they had a lot of the information stored at, at best, oftentimes in Excel spreadsheets, um, and at worst in file cabinets just kind of littered, um, you know, kind of all over uh, the office. And so uh, learning from that, reflecting on that, uh, Adapar was started really in late 2009 you know, saying, <clears throat> how do we uh, design a software system, design a data model that can encapsulate any type of asset and go really uh, deep within uh, investment positions within those assets that cover uh, in a granular way, um, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the you know, entire transaction history, uh, the cost bases, et cetera, all the underlying um, bits and pieces of data that you need um, to accurately capture performance, um, and a variety of other analytics around risk. Um, and so if you get that right at the kind of micro level, asset by asset, and you also deal with a lot of the underlying complexities of you know, multi-asset uh, multi class coverage, multi-custodial coverage, multi-currency coverage, et cetera, um, in aggregate, you're able to empower people who are managing these large diversified portfolios with a single system to see the entire portfolio, both broadly and deeply, in one unified way. And so, I mean, that, that is, it's, you know, night and day versus what people had available really during the financial crisis. And, you know, the, the whole motivation for starting the company in the first place, you know, at the time you know, I was running Palantir's financial, uh, basically finance business and meeting with folks who were responsible for, you know, giant hedge funds and, and large, uh, you know, mandates at banks, et cetera. And almost universally, uh, once folks had portfolios that went beyond a certain uh, degree of complexity, uh, they would say very honestly um, that they, they really couldn't see everything that they were uh, owning and managing and, and investing in. And so clearly there was a big opportunity. Uh, and I think the unique point of view that Adapar um, had and the, the approach that we've taken is it all starts with building purpose-built, much more modern technology um, to bring together all the data in a unified way. And then, of course, layering on the appropriate tools so that, uh, you know, financial advisors, wealth managers, their clients and all the all the various constituencies involved uh, in, in owning and managing uh, investments uh, have uh, easy to use tools to ask complex questions um, and, and really can iterate on those questions uh, in real time. Customer expectations have changed. People are looking to their financial institutions to provide them with experiences that fit their lifestyles. That doesn't mean just dumping data on them. It means providing proactive, personalized, and predictive advice. That's where Money App with Pulse comes in. Developed by MX, the personal finance manager makes it possible to engage customers on every level, from professional budgeters to people who try to avoid personal finance entirely. This can lead to a 60% increase in logins and a 28% increase in NPS. See the MX platform in action. Ask for a demo at MX, that's the letters M and X, dot com. And, and to do that, it sounds like there are a lot of moving parts that, that you guys have put together. So it, it sounds like you're building an ecosystem. Is that, is that correct? It is. Yeah. So, 
you know, financial services, of course, are, are vast. And with the, the rise of, you know, quote unquote, fintech, it, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, financial services had underinvested in strategic technology for decades. And so now that, you know, more financial services firms are uh, recognizing how, uh, how strategic technology can be, um, you know, there's just, a, there, there's so much work to be done. I, th I think we're still in the early innings of uh, the fintech movement. And a lot of fintech has been, been more on the consumer side. Whereas Adapar is very much an enterprise, um, you know, SaaS company um, working very directly with um, large banks, working with custody banks, serving RIAs, family offices, et cetera. But in no way, shape or form are we going to build all the technology that everyone needs. And so we've been very thoughtful in building Adapar's platform and our products in an open way uh, so that we have APIs that allow us to integrate well uh, with the best of breed providers. Um, and by partnering with those best breed providers, of course, um, the far and away the most important priority is delivering a valuable uh, product to each and every one of our clients. And so, yeah, the ecosystem that we built around Adapar's platform, um, product, and overall business, uh, you know, is, is predicated on us partnering super effectively and very well uh, with other um, technology providers, with other services providers, um, to make sure that each one of our clients gets, uh, you know, literally the best uh, is able to make the best choice for each um, you know, bit of future functionality they have within their firm. Was it a challenge to build that, Eric, if, if you're working with a lot of firms that, as you described, have underinvested in strategic technology? Yeah, well, the, the, a couple different challenges, right? Like the, <clears throat> on, on a, a client by client basis, there, there are a series of challenges where um, some clients are, are more, um, more advanced, more sophisticated, more mature with respect to uh, identifying, uh, adopting and embracing, you know, new technology. And some, and some clients are not, right? Like mm -hmm. some of the, for example, some family offices who use Adapar, uh, many family offices who use Adapar, when we ask them what they were using before, they very honestly say Excel. And that's in part because um, some of them are, are just inherently late adopters of technology, um, but actually more, per, uh, more common is that there hadn't been a, sufficient, a sufficiently um, suitable um, purpose-built technology offering for them to actually manage the complexity of their investments. And so, you know, reverting back to Excel and having a whole bunch of people do work uh, manually was the only way for them to actually capture the details and the nuances um, of their investment portfolios to support their, uh, their decision-making. So by Adapar building something purpose-built um, for, not just family offices, but RIAs for private banks, for super regional banks, et cetera, in achieving a level of scale, uh, we've been able to help and really guide uh, the clients we served it, um, to become more savvy, to become more sophisticated in the way that they think about technology as part of their broader business strategy and how to achieve that. So that's one area of, um, you know, of, of complexity or challenge. But you know, with respect to your question on the ecosystem part, you know, when we partner with other uh, technology providers or other services providers, uh, we, we tend to be very selective and we want to make sure that we're laser focused with those partners on delivering the client experience that we're trying to deliver. And, uh, and so that, uh, th that requires a philosophy for us as a firm um, to really care a lot about our partner's business um, just as well as we care about our own business and our client's business. So how do we become exceptional partners? How do we build an offering that can scale? And you know, as we're doing upgrades and our partners are doing upgrades, how do those land with clients uh, in a way where you know it's as seamless as possible from the client experience? Because of course our clients have a business to run, 
and technology that's really, really well developed tends to fade into the background if you get it right. I just want to ask a follow-on question to, to something you said, Eric. Um, on the on the client side, uh, you, you described this community of you know whether it's RIAs or family offices that has, has been underserved with technology. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're not quick adopters of it. Um, but so do, does that mean Adap, does Adapart put um, emphasis on the onboarding process in terms of getting them up to speed, getting used to a platform that they may not have seen before? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, l- let me maybe clarify uh, about, you know, th- the statement I made about them being underserved by technology. They're, they're using technology, but oftentimes the technology, you have a variety of fairly narrowly focused systems that you've been using. Uh, and so you just have a bunch of people effectively gluing these systems together. And, and it's just, a, it's, a, uh, it, it's cumbersome to operate that way. And, you know, it, it, maybe it works reasonably well when you're somewhat small, um, but for the firms who are experiencing a level of growth and also who have clients' expectations that are um, being, you know, heightened over time, that approach just, uh, like, it works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, you hit a pretty hard wall, uh, and then technology becomes kind of an impediment to the way that you operate your firm. And so if that's sort of the, the before picture, then the after picture is adopting out of par and saying, okay, you know, if Adapart is knitting together um, some of the underlying bits of technology, so for example, we'll integrate with firms' you know, CRM system and their financial planning tools and their rebalancing tools, et cetera, um, as well as some internal technology, if they, you know, kind of custom-built technology, if they have that. Um, the whole reason we're doing that is so that you know, the, the firm we're serving and all the various people within that firm, you know, whether they're financial advisors who are out in front of clients every day, whether they're uh, accounting and finance professionals, um, whether they're in a variety of other roles within a firm, um, they're able to use Adapar as one source of truth, as a single source of truth within the firm. Um, they're speaking a common language. They're using a common platform. Um, and that the, the data about the investment portfolios um, is all living within Adapar, and that's what they're considering to, considering to be um, their source of truth and their system of record. Uh, to with respect to everything involving their investment portfolios. Now, of course, for you know, take a CRM for example. The CRM would be their source of truth and system of record for you know client notes and a variety of other information, uh, more qualitative information on clients. And so the integration between a CRM, as an example, with Adapar, like we have to put a lot of thought and a lot of care into that, so that the data is flowing appropriately between those systems. Um, so we take a lot of that burden off the off the client to maintain and manage that. Um, as, as one example. And so if you take that same picture and you multiply it across um, you know, each of the point solutions that had been in place before, um, you can absolutely imagine how you know, the, the firms uh, we serve and firms who are more proactively adopting technology end up with a much, much more scale, scalable uh, operating model. They're able to translate that scalable operating model into a much more valuable uh, you know, quality of uh, client experience. Um, that they're able to deliver, of course, to each client that they serve. And then they're able to grow their business because they can um, tell and show a much more compelling story um, to prospective clients that they're trying to win their business. That makes a lot of sense. And for some of the firms that you serve, um, there's an end client involved, um, a financial services relationship, investment management relationship. How, does, how do you and Adapar think about um, servicing that end consumer of this type of data? So... Uh, we think a lot about it. The, 
Adipar's direct clients are RIAs, family offices, banks, et cetera. But the entire reason why they're adopting Adipar is to better serve their end client. And so from a product uh, strategy standpoint, Adipar has uh, an experience, uh, basically a portal and a mobile experience um, that each one, each one of the firms who are licensing Adipar are able to curate and create their own Adipar views, make them available to their end clients. And they have a lot of ability to customize um, and tailor and tune each one of those outputs that they're uh, making available to clients. And so in addition to you know, using Adipar's world-class uh, reporting capabilities that allows the advisor to create in a pixel-perfect way any uh, you know, type of performance report or you know, a variety of other uh, exhibits um, in a fully customized, customizable, fully tailored way and render those into PDFs and share them digitally with clients, um, we also have you know, a, a mobile experience and a portal experience um, that, again, that the Adipar's, um, the, the firms who Adipar are serving directly are exposing those to each and every one of their end clients. And so that's, that's a, a, a fundamental part of the offering. Um, and, you know, the feedback that the advisors we serve get from their end clients is you know, that they now have, um, you know, the end client is, is deepening the level of trust that they have in their advisor um, because they're able to self-serve in the areas that, they, that the end client wants to self-serve, um, but they're able to use their time with their advisor much more strategically um, to really dig into the, into the areas where maybe they don't yet have um, the level of visibility. But it's, you know, there's two sides of the same coin where a big part of the advisor's responsibility is telling and showing, of course, the end client an accurate picture of you know, how we're performing relative to the goals that we've stated, um, relative to the preferences that the client has, and sharing that information in ways that are most easily consumable for that end client, where some end clients are you know, uh, much more numerate, much more uh, quantitative, and so they want you know all the gory details and big tables of data and everything like that. Um, some clients just want a rolled up view of the portfolio. They want to see the same five pie charts. And that's all they want to see. Um, and, and you have a, you know, a, a, of course, a massive spectrum between those types of clients. And so that really speaks volumes to why Adipar has be, you know, been built in a way that allows the advisor uh, to customize and tailor the outputs to accommodate the full range of clients. And, um, but at the same time, like, if the end client gets overloaded or overwhelmed by a whole bunch of different types of data that actually don't translate into, um, you know, the advisor bringing that client's attention onto the things that matter most, um, then it's a missed opportunity for the advisor. And so that's why it's so important that using Adipar, the advisor is able to curate uh, the, the exact right outputs for each and every client um, so that they can deepen that trust with the, with the client over time. It's really interesting how the technology empowers such such a personal relationship. Sometimes, um, we have time for People one last. Are, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, on, on, on that, that, like our, our our really really strong point of view is that, you know the whole world of wealth management, financial advice. It is absolutely a human to human relationship. Now, the human who happens to be the advisor has to be tech and data enabled, um, but but we don't really see a world, especially on the high end of wealth management, where that human advisor gets replaced by technology. So it's our job to make that advisor much stronger. Uh, much more resourceful. Yeah, it's almost like your augmented reality versus virtual reality. It's a great way to technology point. Yeah. Um, so we have time for one last question. And I guess given what you're seeing in, in your product pipeline and the feedback you're, you're hearing from clients, like where, where do you think the market is headed and where are you taking the product in the future? Yeah. So, you know, again, our, um, 
there are a few different ways to answer that. And so the, the, the types of firms that Adipar is serving again today, uh, we, we've started with the, you know, they call it the high end of wealth management. Um, there's a much deeper opportunity for us, you know, of course, to become even more and more pervasive within the high end of wealth management. But as you look much more broadly, um, you know, we, we've invested massively in making our platform incredibly scalable. So today we have, you know, 350 plus firms using us. Um, we have, you know, we hit a trillion dollars of assets last April. And the growth rate from an asset standpoint is really just off the charts. We've hit that hockey stick. And so, you know, as we're, as we're uh, evolving and growing out our platform and our products, um, it's all in service to helping firms, both large and small, um, provide a more compelling, provide a more tailored uh, client experience and knitting together um, the other uh, pieces of technology through integrations in a much more proactive way. So that, I mean, that trend will continue. We have a lot, like we're, you know, I, I uh, make a statement internally oftentimes that I feel like we're in maybe the top or middle of the second inning, um, even though we're, we're turning 10 as a company in September, in September this year. Um, so, you know, that, that evolution, that journey, like we still have a lot, lot, lot more room to, uh, to run there. And, you know, there's 120 plus trillion dollars of managed assets globally. Uh, and many, many of those assets are managed in, again, really old fashioned ways. And so, you know, we're, you know, 1% of the way there. We have so much more work to do. Um, but the, you know, we're on an amazing path where one of the things that we feel most fortunate about is the types of clients we serve today are on the leading edge. They tend to be the, the most growthy advisors, the most forward leaning businesses. Uh, and so, um, they're at the leading end of a trend and we're seeing that show up in our growth rates. So a lot of other clients, um, are following their lead, um, and becoming leaders themselves by adopting technology more strategically to deliver for their client experience. Eric, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.